Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Can't believe it. Not using a pop screen right now. Did you hear that, Pap? I do have a pop screen, though, so I'm going to have to throw that on. No reason for me not to. Guess where I am? Okay, no answers. So I'll tell you. I am on Toronto Island. If you're from the city of Toronto, you know this place. Maybe you went there as a kid. Maybe you go there all the time. It's a collection of very small islands that are, I don't know, should just be one island because they're connected. There's no point where you're like going on some wacky bridge. But you take a ferry over here from the bottom of the city. You're here in 10 minutes. And in this case, I am staying in sort of a writing studio. I have this wonderful, uh, it's like a live workspace, I guess. I, I have this wonderful room. And next to it is this really large setup. I'm currently at a drafting table. I'm looking at a wooden desk. I'm learning about the habits that can help me grow. Hi, welcome. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, a very special episode interviewing my friend and yours, Bill Florio, who I'll get into in a moment, but I'm just going to keep telling you about what's going on here first. Uh, this is a podcast where I talk to you and sometimes I talk to other people and I kind of work through the various issues that are going on in my life day to day, week to week, and try to figure out a lot of, um, I don't know, call it mental health stuff. You could society stuff. And I haven't figured out any of it yet, but I'm trying. So that will continue. And, um, I'm so glad I did this. Uh, it was not free. In fact, it was an amount of money that I'm kind of now that I, they're trying to reopen Ontario and especially the city of Toronto to cinemas being open, gyms, bars, restaurants, uh, and the rest of Canada is trying to do the same. I have a bad feeling they're going to try and take away this little amount that we get if we don't have jobs per se per month. And, um, I will tell you, I'm not prepared for that eventuality, which could be very soon. And I doubt I'm in the minority here. I mean, everyone's trying to act like Jobs are the same as they used to be, but they're really not. So let's figure it out. Anyway, that being said, I did lay out money because I was just so sick of um, not feeling like I could structure my day, not feeling like I could uh, leave my head at all, you know? Um, I was having some fun. I was doing stuff, you know, here and there. Obviously, I've been podcasting through it all, but in terms of just sitting down and writing, especially, that was really hard to execute because of the try the spaces I was trying to work through. So being here has just made me, I'm on this beautiful island and I'm taking advantage of it, going to beaches and stuff, but I've still, and also this is Toronto and our sort of crummy beach area. So there's like, weird flies that bite me if I sit down. There's a nude beach where straight couples are groping each other and it's kind of gnarly. But otherwise, the beach is kind of cool, I guess. And uh, 
Those are the only downsides. The sunset is magical. Watched the whole sunset the other night, and it was just so special. And uh, I wish I'd put put on some wings and flown too close to the sun, but and plunged into the water, but as like a dive, not as a death. Anyway, <laughs> I am more productive here. Looks like if you give someone a large room with a drafting table and a desk, uh, it helps. Not to mention, I've got a setup now where I clear the desk and I just have, say, my computer uh, to write uh, and a writing project open. And that's the only thing I'm looking at. I'm starting to realize if I don't see other things to do, I'm not distracted. I'm not as distracted, at least. Just now, I covered up the window with a towel because... Uh, I'm I, I'm right next to a, a room of a couple of other people who are um, they have a, like an exit from their room, so they walk past my window all the time, which is great. But let's face it, nobody wants to like always have to look in a window when you walk past it and see like a guy, and nobody wants to be working on their thing and always be seeing people walking past it, especially if they have the ADD. Or the ADHD, or just even HD television, which reminds me, if you haven't heard my band Wrong Hole, WrongHoleMusic.BandCamp.com, you can hear the song HD TV. Bill Florio. Bill Florio is someone who, when I was in Brutal Nights, we uh, played with them on the west coast of America. That was pretty early on. That was maybe like a year and a half into being a band, and we played with his band and there was Neil in the band and Artie and some other dudes who they were all great guys. They are all great guys and uh, they're funny and acerbic. And as I said to Bill at the top of the the interview, you're going to hear, you know, we were both bands that had um, like confrontational lead singers, Artie and the Shamps me in Brutal Nights. And by confrontational, I just mean I was running around, you know, uh, high-fiving people, maybe (laughs) touching people, I don't know, sweating on people. And uh, our lyrics were maybe a little acerbic or satirical. And we played kind of both garage music. But for some reason, our vibe was accepted as like part of this hardcore punk revival and the Shemps were sort of in between a lot of different sounds. Well, this is how I perceived everyone's reception, which is funny because Brutal Nights, um, we definitely played garage rock shows. We definitely played hardcore shows. We did both. And uh, the Shemps did too. It just seemed to me like, you know, the the like – municipal waste fan type who like only kind of appreciates eighties hardcore covers. And, uh, by the way, stop me. If you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, you can't unless you stop the podcast, but don't. Anyway. So that's a clarification of the thing I said at the beginning of the episode. That being said, maybe I'm totally wrong. And my perception is completely off base. I mean, I'm, I'm a sheltered bro. But I'm not a fan of the band Shelter, who were uh, Krishna Core in the 1990s. Never really listened to them. Bill Florio is from the 90s and the 80s. 
He's a lifelong New Yorker, born in the Bronx. Funny guy with a major sense of uh, pranksterism. You know, an original troll, you could call him. Did a zine called Smashing Through and uh, some other zines. Uh, has been in a bunch of bands, including the Shemps. Uh, he's just done, he had a column in Maximum Rock and Roll, the venerable punk magazine. And uh, he, he's just a really interesting guy. He was in a band called Lost Locker Combo. He is in a band called LLC, Lost Locker Combo. And uh, they are uh, were the house band for the Chris Gethard show. So he has a connection to comedy that way. He's seen me do comedy a lot. We get into that. He saw me have a very badly received set at a a show that was part of this tour I did. As he said, I was sandwiched between Hannibal Burris and Dillinger 4 in a venue. There were probably four or 500 people there, and I did not do well. And in this interview, it kind of reminds me, well, that's the better show than the one where you did kind of good. That's how I used to view it. Then my self-esteem started dropping, and I said, maybe it's not better that I'm doing these types of shows. If you're listening for the first time, I'm also a stand-up comedian, although not lately. But maybe one day. I mean, if we can get Tupac hologram, Nick hologram, just a thought. So, yeah, he's also a guest on the podcast because he has a new project. Bill's got a new thing going on. And uh, it's called Killed by Desk, and it's interviewing people, asking them basically how they make money off uh, whatever it is they do. So maybe they're a touring musician, but what else do they make money with? Let's say there's a pandemic. How are they making money during the pandemic? So yeah, it's uh, I, I'm I've I've heard a, an episode, and it was really great, and I think that it's going to be an interesting and uh, like classic style podcast. You know, I think it's important that people bring the spirit that was making zines and music in the eighties through like the early to mid two thousands, just like keep it alive because I don't even keep it alive because me, I'm just like, please, plus, please. Let me live off of this. I don't know how to do anything else. But the truth is, people in bands uh, like the ones I was in did not plan on being able to have careers doing what they do. It almost seemed egotistical. The style that it was done was you saved some money, ideally through playing shows, but maybe it was your own money. Take some time off work. Go on tour play for people, they like it, rinse and repeat till your hand falls off and you can't be in a band anymore. No shade to people who don't have hands and are in bands. I know you exist. Just trying to make a point. So Bill's on Twitter. Find him there. Killed by Desk is going to be out soon. Hopefully they'll have all the proper social medias. Uh, We will link to a YouTube video they have. Hopefully, uh, probably in a future episode because I don't think it's gone public quite yet. But just um, keep an eye out for the Killed by Desk podcast, and I'll be sure to mention it as soon as it's out. Anyway, long story short, here's my talk with Bill Florio of Killed by Desk. The Shemps, 
smashing through zine, and much more. So what's what's the what's the premise here? No premise. It's now I'm interview- <laughs> I'm going to be interviewing you for the most part. Just letting you know. That's I expected my style. that. I expected so what's the, that. What's the premise of this podcast? Basically, and- it's just uh, WTF with Mark Marin, but not famous, not like like a different kind of funny. <laughs> a different kind oh, I of that. talent. I figured that. <laughs> a different kind of talented. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, it's like basically great, like if if you would follow me into a public restroom, but you didn't know, like I didn't know you were there, and then you just kind of see me talking to myself, and then if okay. a friend, if a friend came to the urinal or stall, the stall. We would be talking, and that's the interview episode. So we're doing one of the stall. So you're trying to recreate the awkwardness of talking at a urinal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not trying to. It just you do it. That's just you. As Joe Pesci said, it is what it is. Like that's why you're wearing that like Daffy Duck tank top. Is that part of the? You you must like this. I mean, (laughs) I I I know the winds. I follow the winds stylistically. (laughs) I'm a a fan. I I I like that. I I like uncomfortable humor. This has been the first. The first this year or so has I've really pivoted into like uh, Charlie Brown, like 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 hip hop 90s kind of Charlie Brown Looney Tunes type things. 90s? It's like 60s. It started with hip hop. <laughs> I mean, not no, the hip hop part, but wait, wait, where does Charlie Brown meet hip hop? Well, I don't know. I was in New York and I got a shirt that said, pardon my swag, and it had Charlie Brown with sunglasses. <laughs> and I, I can't deny it. It was official merch. <laughs> <laughs> You have a clean home. No, I, I so you know this, the pandemic's going on, and they promoted me to be in charge of like all the IT stuff. So I just got like a pile of computers and headsets and crap just sitting here. Well, I, I, I honestly so. that looks clean to me. They're okay, well, boxes, I mean, if you see these like things. boxes of wires and stuff. It's they look clean. It's not 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 really great, but whatever. I still have a job. Can't go yeah. What's your job? Hmm? What's your job? I, I work in a nonprofit, so I, I run their like IT and systems and stuff like that. So that's that's I like I I I was one of those people that never had a real job until I was like thirty five, mm-hmm. and uh, I realized that editing wedding videos was soul crushing. Right. Was it profitable? Wrong. Yes. But it wasn't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was abused. I was PTSD, I'd say. Um, so I I got a job at a nonprofit for spite. (laughs) A spite help. A spite help. Yes. My my future wife used to work with this person. They were like, they skipped out of the company. Everyone was happy. And he, a week later, he's like, hey, is anyone, you know anyone wants to work as a temp? 
And I figured, yes, me, I'll get revenge for you. <laughs> and I did. Yeah, that's, that's so I started uh, doing good for spite <laughs> for yeah, bad reasons. I mean, a lot of spiteful people seem to be in the uh, help age, the help line of business, you know, like social workers. <laughs> or like, you ever talk to one? <laughs> like, every, we probably both know social workers and people in like, you know, addiction help, and they're just like, well, you know, they're coping. I, I wouldn't put myself that that bad. I just didn't. Ha I, I was. I was willing to do. I was at a point in my life. I was willing to do anything. Yeah. I, I went to check out a locksmithing school in that. Pony Island. Uh -huh. <laughs> like really, I was open to anything. I was like, I didn't care what it was. I just wanted it to be something different. So they toured. Like they gave you a tour of the. Uh, it there. looked like mostly people who had just gotten out of jail. <laughs> Lock breakers. Um, you got to be a yeah, lock breaker. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I think they were trying to be honest, but they would have something to fall back on with a skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was immediately intimidated because I feel like they're already ahead of me. Mm -hmm. and, and then when they give you, like, basically your your dream job would be, like, getting contracts with, like, porters and superintendents of buildings Right. So, you know, in like on like Fifth Avenue or something, that'd be like the, the height of locksmithing. That's, I mean, yeah, you're like the guy who's arguing with the dude in the suit in the front of the I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it was like, yeah, I don't want to do I this. I can't get either. this fixed in two minutes. <laughs> well, also, it's like, you got to be on call like all hours. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Like, right. my, 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 my goals in life, like, I remember getting in high school, I went to a Catholic high school. And I was like, I never want to wear a tie or shoes again. Right. And I don't want to wake up early. And I've, I met my goals like a year later. So then I was like, all right, I'll just keep doing this. <laughs> what about ties now? Like, I'm still, I'm, I got like two ties. They're still tied because I don't know how to tie a tie. And you're wearing this like, like slip them off. Like it's only for like funerals and those types of events where someone has to take a picture of me with a tie. Oh, I got to so, say yeah, that. I wear uh, sneakers. I don't wake up too late. Too early? Too early. Too, too yeah. early. Yeah, I can sleep till like 9, 9.30 yeah. sometimes. I can Can't sleep. I can, I can make it till 11. But that's because I haven't made the decision. <laughs> well, you're yeah. maybe I can give you some advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe. I mean, look, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I liked it when I was writing for uh, cartoons and stuff and auditioning when there was uh, careers seemed more viable uh, before all this. But then I'm talking to so people. Wait, you were auditioning to write for cartoons? <laughs> no, I was auditioning for, you know, commercials or mostly that. And then also uh, I had a long period of writing for kids TV and, uh, yeah, and then it kind of, after I moved to um, Hollywood, Smelly, Small, Bollywood, no. Dave Smallywood? Dave Smallywood. <laughs> Jollywood, you know, once I showed up. <laughs> so as soon, as soon as you, like, made the move, like, things dried up? <laughs> um, well, it was just, like, I needed to um, figure everything else out. And, yes, things dry up while you're, like, taking time okay. thinking well that, that's different that's different. and it was a four-year but yes everything did dry up also as well in canada because you go oh, i can work remotely um, this is not working 
there is no working, much less working remotely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm covered in sweat. I did turn my air conditioning off because it made a lot of noise. I have a fan right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a video, a video guy, so I, like, I know like, how you're supposed to do this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to have... I actually have a professional mic here. I just didn't set it up. Well, for yeah, I set up the professional mic with a pop screen, and it's kind of in the shot, which is YouTube style, right? And, uh, you know, they, they were prop. I'm talking through the headphone mic. <laughs> Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I went on, I relocated all my shit to this like island getaway and I forgot to bring the second part of like the chords. Yeah, the second part of, you know how there's two chords? Yes. The other chord, the most important chord. Well, see, I, I, I know how much of a slob I am. So I, I bought all the equipment. I also bought like, like a Pelican case to put it in. See? So this oh. is all my mics. It's my... They're actually a separate laptop. That's amazing. And, and I think I had this idea that like I can just go on location and then it's not going to work. But yeah, like so, a Zoom, you've got a Zoom in there, not a Zoom like we're doing, but one of those mics people always talk yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, Do you have a Zoom? Actually, no. Uh, MC Charlie Boswell got the Zoom because he is a he runs a um, telecommunications company and he's a technophobe. And is he your uh, co-host? He's my co-host. So yeah, so we have myself, MC Charlie Boswell, and Dave Harrison from Little Seizures. So it's like two of my ex-bandmates that were never in a band together. Oh. And they're of di different generations. So Charlie's older than me, and Dave's younger than me. So which one is um, cooler? Uh, Dave is cooler. <laughs> like, Dave is Mr. Cool. Right. Uh, but... Charlie is has a lot more self confidence. <laughs> wow, being cool uh, with no self confidence. What do we know about that? That's, about yeah, that's why I picked him because he's cool and he doesn't have self confidence. You want some? So I think you can. I think you can relate. Me? No self confidence. <laughs> I don't understand. I know what I'm working with. I just know it ain't wanted. There's <laughs> a difference. Did you ever think oh, I'm gonna? My career is gonna be as a maybe a rock and roller. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be paid to have a column. I'll make my living off maximum rock and roll columns. No, um, never. Not yeah. even for a second. Like, like I, I, my whole spiel was to laugh at people who even. Yeah. Even thought that never mind aspired to it well, so turns like my out, whole, my, i've just been a troll my whole life on people you know, <laughs> just, and, and then i feel bad because then it's like years later go by and that's like i have a few friends who are technically very successful musicians right, right. or whatever and then i run into them and they're miserable and broke <laughs> and you're well yeah that's the thing and, and you know and it's like hey you know maybe you should have fi finished that last year of college there it's kind, of, it's kind of like getting a job at 35, which sounds like uh, like a real career job of some sort, you know, because like you were. I mean, that's what I did, but yeah. 
I but never. Only did, I, I didn't yeah. do it because I was like yeah. futzing around, pretending to be a rock no, star. You did it because you were like trying to live like a Kafka life, you know, like some sort of like Dostoevsky character, like not a lot of responsibility, <laughs> like just. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I didn't want. Yeah, I didn't want a lot of response. I didn't want to but, like have to do a commute. Yeah, Bukowski mindset. Yes. I mean, I don't right. know all those guys. Whatever, whatever jobs. it is, it was it was something. Not at you know, I'm not any any better or worse than the people I just made fun of. It just that's what it was, you know. Yeah. But but so I think the the reason the idea of this podcast appealed to me is because you know I've been it's been almost like fourteen fifteen years now, mm-hmm. and you know I'm I'm comfortable with it, and there's nothing I can do what I want to do, and you know like do some sort of straight job my own way right like do you do kind of alternative 90s kind of things around the office i mean i just be myself i think that's enough <laughs> that's alternative in 90s it is because you know? then it's like who the hell is this guy you know people are like i've had people who it didn't work out well right like you know and and you know i have and i've had uh a lot of hard lessons <laughs> so have i oh yeah. you know but but at, at the end of the day people are people and you know it, i think if, as long as you're being respectful and you're being genuine yeah um they don't really care about you know how you approach things yeah like as long as you're part of the team right? yeah i mean I, I mean then again I, you know so like one of the things is there's some people who I'm trying to get on this podcast who just seem like they're working really sleazy type of jobs. <laughs> I had one of them turn me down, which is interesting, but he turned me down because I think he's still coming to grips with his punk history. Okay. So let's and, just, let's yeah. just, yeah, let's just backtrack so, here. Cause yeah. Yeah. So, so, so even though let, we're let, having let me this, give you the spiel here. So, give me the spiel. Okay, so the idea is called Killed by Desk, and we're having conversations with people who probably have lots of interesting things to talk about, and we're not talking about any of those. We're only talking about how do you make a living, what is your day-to-day like, you know, everything that's not – people might think you're a rock star, but what do you really do? (laughs) Like what really takes up your time? How do you fulfill yourself – doing other things or how not how you do not right how do you figure out these conflicts of like this idea that we all have about this you know alternative lifestyle or whatever and how do we make that work in the real world right and how do we make it work in the real world by demanding uh, monthly governmental subsidized <laughs> uh, no we're gonna have people like that too for sure that's uh, that's the thing it's, it's not just about like working stiffs there are people who are completely true to whatever kinds of like you know i'm i'm squatting screw the system and right. like i'm now 50 something years old and i'm still yeah. there and i think about steve I'm happy bennett. Or i'm unhappy with it you know steve bennett he's like this yes he was in uh in Nepsey for a long time and uh or for a time and he had his own band whose name it is which is embarrassing and uh he has like fuck work tattooed on his hand finger yeah yeah you know 
Yeah, no, so we, we have some of those people lined up. I'm very excited. I like, he's, uh, he's like 40-something. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. uh, I actually had a back and forth with Dave Dichter. Tell me about Dave NBC. Dichter. Okay, yeah. And... And yeah, he was like, "Yeah, that sounds great." You know, and like I, I know Dave has worked odd jobs here and there, yeah. and there, he has some interesting stories. But I, you know, like, I feel like his take on, um, you know, taking a job is not going to be the same as you know someone who's selling real estate. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like John Brandon from Laughing Amos and mm-hmm. all that, and, and uh, whatever negative approach, like. He's, yeah. He was always my example that, like, it's fine to have a job. Because I was like, well, if in the musical sphere, as a front man, it's like if this guy, who is, like, the most uh, uh, vein-busting, you know, he can write songs, he's quite talented, whatnot, and he's working as a dishwasher. So yeah. who cares, you know? <laughs> like, nothing means anything. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it... it it's like who's talked to him about that in a, in a magazine. So you're going to talk to him. I, that's all I'm going to talk to him about. Do you think have you got him or are you getting? Him? Not he's on. I, I didn't, he wasn't on the list. I didn't even know what he did. So that's oh a good tip. boy, Blow, blowing up John Brandon's spot. That's Wait, what he's I, a dishwasher. I mean, maybe he's not a dishwasher. But I he could be. To, a, I mean, I mean, you know, like the the dishwasher guy. I know he was. Did you read his book? Uh, oh, the guy who made the zine dishwasher. Yeah, Di- uh, dishwasher. What was his name? Pete. Dishwasher. Dishwasher Pete. Pete. Yeah, I read I, his book. I I just had one issue of the zine, but I, maybe two. But I was into it. I was into dishwasher Pete. He he faked his way on Letterman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that but what the then, book you know, is he, about? He actually ended up at the end of the book. He he ends up figured out a career. So okay. wasn't dishwashing. What was his career? <laughs> Author. Uh, he he uh, went to school to uh, be like a city planner. He like. Designs parks or something like playgrounds. Jesus Christ! In Europe, maybe something so like that. So there's hope for the lost generation. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I, I mean, I think that's part of it too, right? Like, you know, you get you get your your idols on here, and it's like, hey, you know what? They got something else to talk about, right? And like, no one's really interested in it. But you know, if you're really inspired by their music or by what zines they've done, like, what else can you get out of that? I mean, like, I was just talking about this on some episode now, with Dean Rispler, maybe, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just the idea that, like, things kind of got weird once the stuff in, you know, when Brutal Nights and the Shemps are uh, belated bands which constantly play together. For some reason, I was just thinking about how playing almost the exact same music but one band was like New Bomb Turk style punk in people's mind, and the other band was somehow related to like 80s punk. But it was related like to what? 80s punk. Like we were kind of in that thing where people were like, oh, and you guys. It's the same shit. It's the same shit. <laughs> no one realizes it's the same exact music. No. They <laughs> it's have just not. a matter of like which knob you turn on the guitar. Yeah, it's exactly. Or like basically how you, like which way you comb. Hair. Or how you hold yourself up. What color are your pants? Yeah, like it's it's all posture. It's all posture. Like literally. I have bad posture. That's your, that's <laughs> I have bad posture as well. Well, so did a certain... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I was in... 
I was in like a noise core band with Dave from the Shemps, like way back when. That's I believe called it. Medicine Man. Yeah, like <laughs> like well, I, I was kind of guilted into joining, but but still, still counts. <laughs> but no, but they, you know, Dave Dave was in like a kind of poppy punk Japanese all Japanese band mm-hmm. at the same time as this grindy band. Yeah, and you yeah. were also as in a, a bunch at the of same bands. time as the Stallions, which is like a you know more garage punk band. Right. So. But, but you also played in uh, so you played in the Shemps, you played in Chris Gethard's house band, which was called right. the, which is, that was called it was called the LLC. That was like a yeah. Lost uh, Locker combo. It was it was it was a derivative of our Lost Locker combo, which is yeah. like a stupid idea. Yeah. And then I was in Bug Out Society, which is like a 1983 hardcore New York hardcore band. Right. So you're legendary, the legendary Bill Floyd. Sure. Sure. No one cared about any of these bands. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. Yeah. So, but but whatever. It's like I I like to say that I was like a zine guy. Yeah. So well, my well, bands how many, didn't matter. How many zines have you made in your life? Uh, I made two, and then I was a columnist in Maximum Rock and Roll. You aren't anymore. No, I was for like fifteen years. When did you stop? In 2011, I think. I, I ran out of things to write about. So I originally did the gossip column. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, so, what, like, when Timmy O was still alive, he signed me up to do the gossip column anonymously. And then uh, it's, it almost got nixed, but then Tim put like a, there was a little survey in the middle of the magazine, and you check off the columns you read and mail it in. Like it's literally like just check off the pictures. <laughs> That's very as far odd. as I understand that gossip column got the most checks <laughs> mailed. So he was like, Oh, can't get rid of it. It's the highest rated column. Yeah. Uh, the people have spoken. <laughs> the workers have spoken. People people were very well, I would write specifically about Max and Rock and Roll people. <laughs> You'd be like and Ka- I think Katie the stories O'Dell. were true. Katie the stories O'Dell. were true and embarrassing. <laughs> And I think that's where it started getting people pissed off. Oh so, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. that's what. There was a well. That's, the thing is, I did. I feel like I did it a few times. I wrote about Tim, and he just cut it out. And then when Tim died, I kept doing it. And then they pulled one of my columns because I did it. And then I resubmitted the column with no edits, and they printed it. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I always expected ha- to happen. As far as I understand, that's kind of how the magazine went down too. They they actually like resubmitted the same issue in two months or something. <laughs> like, so maybe I was you know I was prophesizing their demise. But uh, I, I, the, I was into that magazine. Like uh, when the I was fat Donna is up. pregnant is what ended the gossip <laughs> column. Fat Donna. That, I mean, the fat Don is not very fat. The others are emaciated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. The but, fat Donna, know, in retrospect, it is was like really, the most was attractive just, but, You know, people, people just didn't react. You know, like when I was a kid, like that letter section was always like seething back and forth over months, you know, people like fighting. It was great. Well, that's the weird thing. I just try to get a rise out of them. I just, nobody can do it anymore after a while. People just didn't want to write a letter. Right, yeah. So I didn't want to react. So I don't know. It's just, it's too hard to get a rise out of people. I think there, I think there's a lot of, um, I think the good thing is I think there's a lot of people on, um, you know, medication. That's probably part of it. 
So, you know, they don't have that kind of like visceral reaction like they used to in the 80s. No, that's a good, that's a good point. Remember I did that. Which is good. It's a good thing. It's just like, you know, it's just not as much fun to, to like, no. you know, stick the needle in. Yeah. And, and it's become um, much less popular too. Like if you're oh, you like, know, it, it sucks, man. It sucks yeah. with all these people that are just trolling professionally and like. Oh, they're just, the worst. It's, it sucks. It but really, it also it's, sucks. It's like, it's like I used to do this stuff. Like I used to be better at it. Did you follow that dude, um, Million Dollar Extreme and Sam Hyde? Do you know about any of that stuff? No, I'm thinking of more like, uh, what's that guy's name? Gavin, uh, the vice oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah, Gavin fucked it all up for sure. He's he's yeah. like he Gavin's like actually such a weird type of ripoff guy. It's so strange. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's ripping everything off at all times, but it's like he's so like alpha. Like he's like, but I'll punch you in the fucking face if you don't. If I, you I don't know. I, I don't. I don't this. know who who was behind this, but like sometime in like 2005 or something, like Vice sent me an email out of nowhere mm -hmm. and they wanted me to write a column about that that was like pretending to be in the 90s because they associated me with the 90s six years like they after. were like they, i heard they were just sitting around the office and they were like who's really 90s is that bill florio still guy around or whatever and then they emailed so i wrote this thing and they're like ah, it's not 90s enough forget it you know, like, <laughs> yeah like, i had what? i didn't happen. even ask you like you asked me to do this <laughs> And I was like, uh, put on the spot. Well, I don't know. I don't get it. Don't I guess worry. I'm not cool. It's Vice, fine. Between Vice and Burger Records, I think uh, it's all done. <laughs> Good. I'm officially not affiliated in any way. <laughs> not even once. I, I didn't even know what Burger Records was until I said until it. last week. Yeah. And then I, I didn't. I realized then I like that I had had a, actually hung out with. Um, What's his name? Because uh, Shem's played with the Akamonics a bunch of times. Are they one of Two. the problematic The no-bunny guy. The no-bunny oh, guy. Oh, yeah. That guy's, that guy's I, bad yeah, guy. Like, that sucks. I don't know. He seemed like he was harmless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. don't know. It's horrible. You know, it's like I remember when I heard his name a couple of days ago, I uh, was like, wow, I have not thought of nobody for years but boy did i enjoy that like one and nobody loves you album i saw him a couple times live i thought it was yeah. fun yeah i saw him live and i was like this is a little too gross for me to associate with songs i like <laughs> but but you know I, I get that yeah i mean i i definitely but yeah he that and then he wrote that statement did you read the statement he made no i just there's too many of those statements well his statement uh, was especially like i was like oh yeah, it sounds like he's owning up to stuff before it comes out and really uh, taking accountability. And then you like read the things people have like are saying he did, and it's like, oh, this is like way worse. Yeah. Than I mean, why why are like, all these people I like kind of interacted with these people? Uh, like, what's that other band that? Um, what's the band like the cross dressing band uh, that had that Lips? scandal? No, the, oh, a couple of years ago that uh, the cross dressing. They have like no vowels in their name. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about because the the guy just had his comeback, right? Oh, he did. I think so. They were like, "This a is terrible. This is a terrible podcast where we don't. We're just <laughs> senile. I can't remember anyone's name. 
Well, I'm like, yeah, you know that guy. Oh, he sucks. I am. (laughs) Yeah, like right now we're just shit talking. Hold on, not not even successful because I'll I'll look it up. You can, you can, if you ever edit this, you can edit me out looking it up. Do you edit your podcast? Yes. Do you edit? Do you edit it yourself? No, I got someone who actually knows what they're doing. Do you like to pay people for their? I have no problem paying people for whatever. for instance, I, inviting like, inviting you on their podcast, like if they have you. No, on podcast, I wouldn't pay a guest to come on the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm weird. not. I'm not saying you pay a guest. I'd say you pay the person who invited you on the podcast. Whatever, whatever. Keep trying, Nick. Because whatever you get to. It. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the name of this band. It was Can like. I have uh, money? Uh, hold on. Under prom. Crap. Is it a LCD stance system? No, it's not them. No, it was younger. It was a younger band than that. Um, management. No, hold on. What was that? It's it's they I they were on a, an episode of the Chris Gethard show. Ah. Oh. And I know they play at the end of this episode. What are they called? So they're your affiliate. No, they would. So no, the thing is, is like that they were. We had like our own dressing room, mm-hmm. and I walked in there, and the guy was like playing my bass in his dress, and it was weird. And oh. it was like he's, and then he acted all weird, like like you know. So you know, now I'm like, oh, the guy's like you know, been accused of all these terrible things, and he freaking was weird to me yeah well that's gonna happen well this is just terrible it's Wait. it's really irrelevant no no i want to talk about yeah. this you know you want to talk about the mundanity i want to talk about the irrelevant you know and it's <laughs> and that's and your your shows but i wish i could remember the name of the band killed by desk hold on hey margo what's the name of that uh cross-dressing rapist band power no power bottom yeah, power bottom. Yep, that's who you're. Oh, they, okay. they had a, They're trying to make. Sorry, a they're trans. They're not cross-dressing. Yeah, they're trying to make a. It's a he's actually, or they're actually non-binary with an identifying as. That's right. He. All right, my my wife my wife is making this interesting. I will repeat what she said. So the interesting thing is one of the guys is trans, and that was the guy. It wasn't the guy who was accused of doing the thing, right? I'm sorry. I should say guy. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. The trans person was the rapist, but unfortunately, they used the pronoun they. Why is that unfortunate? Because then the whole band got looped into the being a rapist. Oh, I see it pluralized. Power yeah. bottom without any vowels. Yeah, no, I read the whole article. The whole thing yeah. was then then a spin magazine article on the one person who that the allegations or what you know was really terrible from the sounds of it. Uh, came out and then all of like, you know, indie punk Twitter was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I and just had that a, person a was odd like, interaction eating, like catering, catered food with them and, you know, just playing my bass without asking, which I don't really care about. 
Like I'm not like a, the kind of person that like cares about their musical gear, but it just was weird. Like, hey, why'd you come into my room? You're eating our snacks and you're playing my bass when you I have mean, your own in the next room. There is something funny about like doing something wrong and someone coming in and just being like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing?" Well, that's, I mean, I think they got off on doing things wrong. <laughs> But there I am. I'm associated. I was on the same t- television show and in the same room for a day. But there's so many strange things that are happening in the world today. So many people, strange things that are happening in New York? The world. Yes. I mean, right now or in general? Well, what I'm trying to say is, you know, the, uh, the whole 90s and 2000s thing was like, that's like very mainstream now. You know, everybody's like talking the cancel culture and the call outs and non-binary, all of this stuff was like 20 years ago in sort of- Yeah, no, I mean, that was like everyone cultures. I hung out with. I was, it's not new to me. Now, same here. You know, and, so it's, it's just like now it's mainstream, um, which I think is a good thing. But, you know, the other thing is, is like, you got to ex- expect this reaction, right? And, and, and I think it comes in waves. So there's a, an action that is generally positive. There's a reaction to it. And then eventually everyone just like Oops. levels out to the next to higher level, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. You know, I, I do think that's something that I feel is, uh, is happening with, you know, everything from like Nazi punks or whatever to like, all this shit, all this noise right now, including Trump, I guess. But it's just like, it's reactive, you know? Like, it's not actually sort of about anything except for they don't want the thing, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, and then... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we're, we're, we're 100, away, 100 years away from eugenics, right? Well, like, uh, is, uh, is eugenics the thing where they, like, use the cath... Like, the, 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 um, they measure your head? Trephin- or is that something else? Tre- it's not trephination. It's the thing. No, that no, fern- no. That's where they put holes in your head. Phrenology. Is, phrenology. Is I get eugenics about. and phrenology mixed up. Do, are they related? Uh, yeah, they are. Related. They are related, because, right? Because because phrenology is the disproven uh, st- idea that different shaped skulls have different shape, right. like, shape See, I would see if I was going to be a, a troll and take it in an intelligent manner, I would try to bring back phrenology. <laughs> I hate to I say it. I think that would be fun. I go deep on, on Twitter. I go deep on right-wing troll Twitter, and uh, I, don't, I haven't seen anyone with phrenology, but it's not far. That's what I'm saying, but I think that would yeah. be great because it's, it's pretty harmless. You know, I don't, like if you jump on that bandwagon, you're going to look like a freaking idiot, <laughs> even more so than like QAnon or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and I think it's like you know, it's it's quaint and retro. <laughs> I do like that element, the eighteen hundreds element. Plus, plus so it's, it's like I can I can go on eBay and buy all those forceps. What do they call it? Uh, forceps. What do you call that the thing where you measure your head? It's a uh, oh, they're like head massagers, but no, no, numbers. It's, no, no, it's called a. Uh, oh man. Um, what is the name of that? This is terrible. See, this is this is why my podcast is edited because what we do is our producer looks this shit up and says, "Say this," and then he punches it in later. So it makes us all seem smart. Oh, you do. That's what you got to do. So I didn't you even know what you do. I'm I've looking never up even right now. Heard of a podcast with like uh, punching? That's that's that's. I'm I'm already I'm already peeling back the sausage factory here, but 
yes, the whole factory. That's how you do it. The whole factory. The whole factory. <laughs> uh, it's, well, I'll just look up phrenology. Phrenology tool. I do edit this podcast. <laughs> so I don't even know where this concept that I don't, I don't really edit the solo episodes. Hold on. It's a caliper, a caliper. It so is, I would, I would be like, I would create a Twitter account and be like, phrenology anon, and and like have a little caliper, <laughs> and then I would sell calipers. Phrenolanon. Phrenolanon. Yeah. It sounds like Alanon, which is no, weird. Yeah, but something like. But that's okay because the Alanon people, I want them joining too. <laughs> yeah, the clear-minded are the best, uh, the, the best honeypot of them all once you've got them in your grass. But you got those Alan those people are so susceptible to, to new yeah. ideas. It's not a cult. There's a ton of sober people in this group. I don't know. Do you have to be sober to be an Alanon? <laughs> like if you're an alcoholic, but your, your problem is your alcoholic spouse... Oh yeah, that's Alanon. Right, you don't You're have right. to be sober to be Alanon. No, family of uh, you can go there and drink. Yeah, yeah. Talk, and complain about the drunks. Just, let's do a shot. Every this is time. terrible. This sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> this sounds much worse than my phrenology. I honestly am like, I really want to put this uh, out. Uh, <laughs> it would be great if it's like you know, there's like a protest, and I'm just walking around there with a the caliper and measuring people's heads. <laughs> but there's also something. Funny. And I have a little sign that says like phrenology now, phrenology forever. <laughs> To me, I just think it's funny if people go, oh, have there been any unaired episodes of Nick Flanagan Weekly? And I'll be like, yeah, the Bill Florio one. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I saw you, we were eating dumplings. That's like, right. Hey. It was the day before I got married. And we yeah. didn't tell anybody. That's nice. So you were in my wedding party. <laughs> Perfect. Went to Mother's Dumplings. Delicious dumplings. Delicious catch-ups. Delicious. So yeah, so I, I think I think what's different about this podcast than like the fanzines I did is like I feel like the fanzines were always like some sort of conflict. I was always like starting trouble. I think this is very innocent and positive. All right, I feel like everyone we have interviewed has come off um, with good feeling and and like kind of a celebration of what they've achieved. Yeah. Aside from aside from like whatever music or whatever you know, so, some of the some of the people we've interviewed were just kind of punk rock fans, you know. But that's even actually... better. That's even oh yeah, better. for sure. You know, but it's like, where, how did you get here, and how did how did this help or hurt you? You know, I uh, I, I thought that it sounded uh, similarly stoked and yet kind of like I don't not kind of not awkward, but just there was something that was a little retro in a good way or reminded me of like summit like dave hill's wfmu show or something where uh you know suddenly out of nowhere your co-host is like on on like a weird speaker and he's chiming in and everyone's chiming in and i liked it a lot you know and uh i thought that it was uh well it's 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 just like i mean you've you've experienced being in a van with one of my bands I have. I feel, like, I feel like it's like that, right? So, like, I feel like you sat down and we started giving you the third degree. <laughs> and then you try to be funny and you failed. <laughs> no, I but, didn't. You know, but the truth of the matter is, it's like after the five-hour ride, <laughs> we all liked you a lot more. 
<laughs> was it wasn't it we got stuck we ran out of gas <laughs> yeah that on was our way, terrible on our way into brooklyn almost we, on the bridge yeah we we after a, a trip a one-day trip to and from cleveland leaving in baltimore. the middle baltimore leaving, leaving in the middle of the night uh autobahn is still open it was i hope so Oh my god! I like that place. This fucking venue shit that's going down. It's. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think we're still in the point where, like, a lot of businesses that were pretty much thinking of wrapping it up, we're just gonna like, okay, okay, this is not gonna work. Out. Oh, definitely, you it's know? already happened. Yeah, like the satellite I heard was like sort of winding down. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, and and uh, but even that is such a shame for like a million reasons. You know, like you're like. Instead of being like, oh, I can go there before it closes, you're like, oh, it closes. I mean, I've, I've been saying this for a long time. It's probably the worst thing. But, you know, like, New York was really fun when, like, all the buildings were abandoned. And, yeah. you know, like, you, like, you like, literally can just, like, jump into a warehouse. And as long as the <laughs> ceiling didn't collapse, it'd be really fun. You know, yeah. they used to have the Beer Olympics down by the pier. Like, right now, it's like where this you know, $20 million condos. It used to be beer Olympics. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like literally the only light was a garbage fire with a dog running around it. <laughs> right. Like, are, and I, you're, are, I, you I from, are you from New York? Yeah. Yeah. I live in the Bronx. I grew up, I was born in the Bronx. I grew up nearby. Um, wow. So, yeah. I'm very New York. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm from Toronto and then went away for a couple of years and then, back to Toronto. Lived I've never mom. lived anywhere else. <laughs> I mean, LA was two, three years. I liked it too. Yeah. I like LA. I, I used to think I would hate it, but every time I've gone there, it's, it was a good time. I was there, there with you. Yeah. Was that like the first time we met? I, I think that was the first time we met. And I remember there was like uh, some like 14 year old started a fist fight outside. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. There was a fight that night and it was at a synagogue or something. No, it was a Jewish community center. Jewish community and, center. And, yeah. and uh, the band Jew Driver was the headliner of that show. And yep. uh, I keep trying to, it's like, I know what it is, but it's almost not even worth describing <laughs> what it is. Cause it's pretty obvious. Well, Jew? it's got some good t-shirts. I, I got this t-shirt on the Jew Driver's tour. Jesus. It was a band that we played. I was I, I actually subbed for bass in Jew Driver in Germany. That's great. And we played with this band Jesus Skins in Germany. Um, Jew Driver. Also, also a good T-shirt. Jew Driver were Jewish people covering Screwdriver. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, most of the songs were originals, actually. But wow. uh, whatever. It was like they're they're people I've been friends with for a long time. I'm not Jewish. Well, that's um, not good. But neither is a couple of the people in Jew drivers. So, That's even yeah, worse. Well, I, there's not that many Jews in the Bay Area. Like I think it was originally like the five punk Gilman punks that were Jewish, <laughs> or something that wasn't Aaron Common Bus. I, uh, <laughs> I remember we uh, played Gilman one time, or no? Did we? Yeah, but that wasn't with you guys, was it? Yeah, no. it might have been. I don't remember. Probably not. It, it was something where we played uh, with Fucked Up. Like we, a bunch of our shows fell through and our whole tour was like the worst. And then Fucked Up were like doing shows around 
the Northwest, and they put us on a show. They did a Gilman and an Oakland like house show, and then stuff in whatever Olympia, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I remember uh, in in Gilman, it was like we were just like, are they going to let us play Gilman? Are there? Yeah, I mean, did you get denied from playing ABC in Rio? Well, yeah, I guess we did. I was told uh, because of your lyric sheet, you weren't allowed to play. Yeah, and now because of my lyric sheet, I guess I won't be allowed to work in any job. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't think that's true. I think, you know. I want to know your take. I think that's overrated. I think that's I, overrated. Yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty sm- small kind of world of uh, people actually getting, like, whatever canceled fucking memes. doesn't mean shit. I mean, <laughs> you know, and like you saw it in the '90s and 2000s. Like that's the thing is, you've already seen this game. It's like everybody makes a whole thing about someone. Maybe they own up, but then they go somewhere else. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much the end of the story because nobody is like willing to be. We're we're truly a mob, you know, and like we're gonna fucking you know. Well, throw you in the. I river. don't. I don't know. I think it depends on what what you did. I think if if you you know. If you moon the audience, it's different than if you assaulted somebody. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have seen the kind of thing where it's like, this guy is moving here. Beware. Here's a picture of him. Oh yeah, and I, I so, mean, so I, I, think I, I think that's right. But yeah, but I mean, totally. it's not it's not just because you wrote like kind of lyrics that offended somebody. <laughs> no, I definitely think it's you know, all <laughs> like even if it's about doing something that is. What, what the poster would be about. Yeah, and I think everybody with like this uh, discussion of like people being gross, guys being gross on, on, uh, in, in mostly in uh, the West Coast. Uh, and, uh, you know, just is, is good for like the future. You know, it's great to set a standard, right? Where people are like not going to want to go on tour and do that shit. Uh, but then, it's also just in the short term, it's almost the best it can be is like a future lesson, you know? Yeah. Which is good. Um, I mean, I think this is just natural progression of things. I, and it probably will sink back down one way or the other to something different, hopefully. But these, yeah, are, these are all cyclical things, right? Like fever pitch. It's a fever yeah. pitch. And it's, yeah. been, it's been like a fucking stressful. Yeah, no, but no, but no. Humans can't don't work well on straight lines. Are you, know, you are you straight like, edge? Like are you straight yeah. edge? How yep. long have you been straight edge? Forever. I see. So instead of I having have control a, issues, <laughs> yes, and instead of having a drink, you uh, I I prank, remember and you prank <laughs> and, and, and hold it prank. against you later. Right. <laughs> oh, God. So in other words, like that thing. You're talking about on the, the uh, drive to and from Baltimore. Um, that was like photographic memory. You know, you. No, you, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. I mean, <laughs> there was no sarcasm. No, it's it's not. It's I, I mean, I just wasn't drunk. It's not like I wasn't tired. I don't have a photograph. Yeah, I was definitely tired. I was definitely pissed off when we ran out of gas. That was crazy. But I also had a van back. that the, the gas meter didn't work. Oh, yeah, that's that's on that's on you, buddy. I bl- I blame you. How's everyone? Uh, the chefs doing? Though? Good, good. Most of them have kids. 
Oh, that's nice. And not all of them, but uh, I check in with all of them. They're doing all right. Artie is uh, very funny. Yeah, Artie, Artie, Artie. We did a little uh, pi- uh, pilot episode of the podcast with Artie. That's great, and and it worked out well. Like, so like how, he was, uh-huh. you know, it was it was he, he he tried to make fun of us at the beginning, and then he immediately got into it. So, right, is that a problem? Like people talk to you like all sarcastic, like, and then fine. I, I, that's fine. I I am not worried about whatever. I have no fear of how of things going wrong uh-huh. you know because I, I think I, I, that goes for everything i i feel like if you have the like an absence of malice yeah it's going to turn out okay that's how i so feel like too. you know like you know, like i said i was always kind of like trying to create conflict and things like that but it was never mean-spirited uh, except for that job thing <laughs> even I'm, then i would say i would say even then Right, I did take that job for spite, but right. if that person kind of like, you got to give him the give him a chance, right? And I definitely right. gave him a chance, and he failed. But yeah. you know, like I would have been fine with it going well too. Well, that's actually you go back to like the lyric thing. It's like, trust me, I, I mean, as you know, I wasn't writing fucking, I wasn't really writing anything that made any kind of sense. <laughs> you know, it's I was like, art though. You're expressing yourself. Yes, like, I'm expressing not, myself. Right, right. You weren't. You weren't uh, assaulting the audience. Like it no. wasn't. It wasn't like Guar, where you're play acting this out. No, it was like or, zero. Or Gigi zero. Allen or something. It was literally like these are yeah. just stupid songs that they mean something to me, or they they they're funny to me. Yes, they're funny to me, and, and they mean and, something. And you're, to me. But you're challenging people, right? Like you're challenging people to like, hey. Call me something. Call me a name. Oh my God! Well, that was especially that comedy show you were at. <laughs> You've been at a couple of my comedy shows. One of them yes. was pretty good, I remember, in New York. And then, by my standards, I guess. And and then your the second one was the FPA tour, and that was at that big venue in in Brooklyn, where the crowd. Well, no, one of them. One of them, you got a little bit of reaction. The other one, you got like food and people threw stuff at you which which was the better one <laughs> you also like you went after hannibal burris yeah and that was like hannibal you went after hannibal burris and before dillinger four <laughs> i mean how how could you how could any comedian possibly do anything yeah and that, that was like, i mean hannibal had it hard and yeah, he did great he but, did but great. he had it hard and no one wanted to play that show i no, thought your whole yeah. shtick was I'm going to, I'm going to bomb as hard as possible. Cause I'm going to take a show that is not going to, it's impossible to do well. <laughs> I mean, I, I, sh- I, I, that might've been a shtick I was trying, but my feelings were starting to pour <laughs> okay. through, you know, like that, yeah. that iron exterior that you need for that kind of hardcore work is, uh, was starting to fade partly because, I was doing it on this FIA tour, which I had a complete wrong idea about what the audience was going to be. So when I came in, I was going to be like, these people are going to like get what I'm doing the way that Neil Hamburger is, and like get what I'm doing. So like they'll get really... punk rock audience is not a comedy nerd audience. Well, yeah, was, well, not even comedy nerds because it's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of punk rock or garage punk people like you who go see shit like Neil Hamburger. You know, I, like, I understand that, but it's not like no, it's so mass. Yeah, you know, a few right. here and there. Maybe they're just louder than the other ones. They're but... super young. 
like that's the thing about especially that tour's audience was they're very young plus that was a peak new york era where like the fucking peacocking was in full effect you know and like like really everyone who was there was like oh we're really feeling ourselves we go to like death by audio and at night and in the morning well what we do is our friend jack he makes coffee out of dirt and we just <laughs> put that in a fucking flower pot to pour over on it i think it just was, it just, that was just the, the place that you ended up staying <laughs> <laughs> i think that place has always existed <laughs> well it was just that was the the fia tour was a certain circuit of, of shit and a really weird combination of like circle jerks matt and kim you know like <laughs> keith morris uh i don't even know uh, totally michael you know who is one of the iheart comics guys he's playing but uh uh-huh. but how, how is it different than brutal nights though right because in brutal nights you got the band backing you up so people, some people don't even know what the hell you're singing about or care. Uh, I would say 60, 60 to 80% right. really, you know, like if it's people who haven't seen me before, they're not going like, oh, all of the words he's saying are arresting because, you know, most of the time our sound levels are so off. Like half the time they, my, my vocals were inaudible and I'd have yeah, no but you, were, you, were, you were only doing it half-ass, right? Like I, I, I just had a conversation about fear. Yeah. Right. Someone was saying, like, we're fear racist. And I was like, who cares? Yeah. Right. Because you went to fear because they were the villains and well, you went there to curse at them. It's so, like the Gigi Allen kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. So it's uh, like, it's like, can you really judge them? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, G- it could be completely, completely legit or completely an act. It would be the same exact show. Yeah. I think Gigi Allen is, is a little different just because he was just gross gross as a person it's gross you know but even then it's just like i don't know i mean that's you could be just as grossed out by words i think i mean i mean that smell i mean there's a lot of people that you have these symptoms and stuff like that (laughs) yeah I'm i mean remember when uh septum i I think with gg allen is he was trying to make you scared yeah and you know but but don rickles could make you scared (laughs) nobody could yeah, like it, like what if he gets here? Like I mean, I was on national television with um, Wanda Sykes. Like called me out for making noise with my guitar, and it was like in the back of my mind the night before. I had nightmares about that happening, uh, and it horrible. happened. So I could be, you could be just I could be just as scared as Wanda Sykes as Gigi Allen. That's actually. I mean, I won't get uh, shit on good, my face. Mm-hmm. I hope, unless yeah. it's my own. Yeah, that's always one. <laughs> The worst uh, bathroom exit of all. No, it's all it's all just perception. So, uh, yeah. But why why didn't you put on that persona with the lyrics? That's my question for you. Well, no. I mean, I I, I did the persona that was right with the lyrics, which is fucking. I mean, you took your shirt off and stuff, but I don't remember you like doing a Tesco V kind of thing. No, I wasn't gonna. That, that wasn't like the lyrics weren't like, oh, I have a diaper and I'm 60 years old. Like I, like the lyrics weren't even like hateful, you know. They were just they were just like super dumb. No, and, I I think yeah. there, I mean there are are there any different than Descendants lyrics? It's like this is what a sixteen year old boy actually thinks. It's so funny that you would say that because one of my old bands is like I don't know we were like better kind of than Brutal Nights musically. 
<laughs> you know, on some level, it's been too great combo. Like the attempt at virtuosity was like higher, I would say, and we practiced more, which tends to be the deciding factor. But like, you know, um, like mounting. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we uh, the idea of re-releasing our stuff is impossible because the lyrics are like kind of a lot, you know, and very contextual. And uh, I was, but then I was like, no, wait, it's exactly like the Descendants, where you hear it, and yeah. you're like, kind of like that's dumb, but for some reason I'm not detecting something too fucked up behind it. Probably because they're teenagers when they're writing it, and it's like the first thing think about, you know. So I, just I don't. Think, I don't think. I don't think their writing changed that much as they got older. <laughs> well, that's true. But I mean, yeah. isn't there like a an all song about like Bill's like unborn child that died or something like? I was like, what the fuck is this about? Is that any dumber than you know? Just wanted to interrupt this episode. Just wanted to interrupt this episode a little bit to let you know that your support is hugely appreciated for this podcast. It is not expected, but it is appreciated. And that could be in the form of sharing episodes you like with friends, telling people you like the podcast, hacking into the mainframe and somehow making my podcast exposed to more people, but only when it's a very good episode and not one of my nuclear nervous breakdown episodes. Uh, subscribing, of course, reviewing it, of course, rating it, of course. But if you have any, like a steady job, if you're, you, you have a little spending money and you're sick of Audible, consider uh, supporting me either one time or uh, as a monthly listener, patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan or ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. That's co- <laughs> Nick Flanagan. Flanagan. Kofi.com slash Nick Flanagan. That's a great way to just give me a single uh, amount if that's what you want. Thank you to all the people who are already subscribing or have already uh, helped me out. I really appreciate it. It's not just something that's supporting the podcast. It's something that's supporting my ability to uh, write scripts, get back into you know an industry that is undergoing massive change right now. And uh, really just continue to try to find my place. So, yeah, if you could support me. And also to pay out Andy, the producer, who does an amazing job. So, Andy, hi. I know you're editing this. How are you doing? So, yeah, patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. If you can help out with the podcast, I can keep doing it, do it more. I can get live shows together. I have plans and I want to make them work. Anyway, enjoy the rest of my talk with Bill Florio. Uh, I have a, a here's a embarrassing story. Um, sure. I was, I used to you know, volunteer at this record store in New York. Uh, I was a volunteer co-op record store. And we, we had some like youth live youth of today bootleg on and everyone was like, you know, they hear like stupid people yelling in the mic and I was like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. And then I, was, I just said something like, I wasn't at that show, but I'm on that live to second Descendants record yelling, you fucking homo. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then, I don't know, we just happened to look at the Village Voice. They're like, hey, all are playing tonight. <laughs> so we went, bought tickets 
me and, and I won't mention the other person. Me and another prominent member of a New York hardcore band, <laughs> and we literally just went to see all like went in halfway through their set, pushed our way through the crowd, pushed all these people out of the way just so we could tell you fucking home with the last song. He <laughs> totally like put the mic out and that was it. <laughs> and we're like, we did it. <laughs> but was it that descended song? Yeah. Okay, good. But I'm not a loser. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But they play, play it was like the last song they played. <laughs> and we literally just went in there to just so we could yell you fucking homo into the mic and 20 bucks each and i was like yeah, it, yeah at least and, and they're like yes we did it uh what's but your I mean, favorite you know, who's the best old punk band like who are old and still playing my favorite band of all time is adrenaline od oh yeah they got some, we, that they're, was team card combo they, they got it that. all they got it all they got the the humor they got the sound i mean they're seminal yeah and, and so does that mean they're fun guys do you like uh um, um what's it called uh, angry simone as well yeah i like angry simones because they've got that same thing for the first two similar years. similar kind of thing yeah yeah definitely and, and also they have the troll thing going on with their you know they use the they also they also switch genres a lot too probably more successfully than aod did yeah, but I never. I, yeah, you're right. The, yeah, back, back from Samoa is a very like it's a pretty varied album, right? A little bit like the songs are kind of different from one. To yeah, another. yeah. And uh, a- AOD did it like one album at a time, and <laughs> like they were they were a little bit ahead of the game. I think I think nobody wanted to hear like a pop punk record in right. 1989. Yeah, but I should you know, get if they that waited far. like five more years, they probably would have rode that wave. Yeah, now uh, they could have been as big as uh, Billy Joe. And the Green Day people. Mm-hmm. What's the longest interview you ever had? Uh, on my podcast? Yeah. I think I think about an hour and forty minutes or so. Yeah. But I mean, we'll edit it down. But uh, yeah. do you think that I mean, that's important? To we, like we, I, I mean, I, hold on. I actually prepare. Like we I'm, all prepare for the interview. I prepare. Look, look I prepare. Look. Zines. Did, what did chefs. you not hit? What did okay, here's you not some hit? questions. Here's some questions. Uh, are you still drinking Arizona iced tea? I read your uh, interview. I have, a good, I have an interesting story. I can actually show you. Um, mm-hmm. So the de- the deli across the street where I get my Arizona iced iced tea, mm-hmm. it's closed. Um, it's not closed because of the pandemic. If you can see, there's like a kind of a Rasta flag painted on the wall. Okay. Um, right before the pandemic, I think the Stars Network rented it out because they were going to film the new 50 Cent drama in there. Like that was going to be the, it's like a prequel to Power. And they paid the deli guy to not work there for like four months. He's probably never taken a vacation in his life. But that's where I get my Arizona iced tea. <laughs> so now what? Uh, I just uh, make my own. I just, I got, I make some like iced tea concentrate. So, still drinking green tea, but it's not worth um, risking my life to get Arizona. Still writing for MRR. We went over that. Um, how do I be as good as you? <laughs> what does that mean? As good as me to do what? I know. It's sort of also. What are you sad. trying to do, Nick? I can give you advice on whatever. I can make stuff up, but you got you got to start with a goal. If you already drank and done drugs, is there a way to be straight edge your whole life? 
No. <laughs> and then I just wrote these. I words. mean, I, I mean, I drank and did drugs like once. That's been a crazy. So that doesn't. I don't feel like that counts because it's like I didn't do it enough to like like it. But that's that's the thing. Sometimes with this, these vices, you do the. If you just do it one time and go, this sucks. Then you don't do it the second time and go. Uh, no, I just have, I have, I've had, like, I think I have control issues. I've gotten better at them. Um, but I feel like I used to be very uptight and afraid. You know, everything's about fear. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like, I don't abstain from drinking and stuff because I'm afraid at this point is because I don't need it. Yeah, it just saves, <laughs> saves money. At some point, I could have easily, you know, tr dealt with my fear back then, but instead I just, like, beat myself over the head and, you know, grinned and bared it and made it through. Yeah. You know? So, I, I mean, I don't think it's I, – I, I think it's, so there's a lot of things, too. My parents never drank. Oh, okay. So you know, like, just, they, they yeah. were never – you know, they didn't have any kind of, like – you know, encouragement. So, right. like, I, I, I don't judge anyone for whatever they got and how they deal with it. Life is hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, so far I haven't had to go on any kind of medication, but I don't expect that'll be forever. I'm on so Either. many medications. Yeah. So no, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's important. Like, if, if you're hurting um, and you can't get to the source of your pain, mm -hmm. Get help. Yeah, deal you with know? it. Like, 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 don't just don't just ignore it, right? Mm. Figure you have to figure it out one way or the other. But ask for help. Don't don't be afraid of that. There was somebody that's very uplifting. I love I love uplifting Bill. Well, I, I mean, this is this is a conversation we'd have. It's not, it has nothing to do with it being recorded. This is that's true. Right? You just that's... ask me a uh, half a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really good story of a half a sentence that Dave Dick. So that I hope, I'm hoping Dave Dichter comes on because he told me these several funny stories. The first one was, Bill, so nice to meet you. I've been reading your, your column, Max and Rock and Roll, for years. And I'm like, I bought your first single when I was like 15. <laughs> and then he was like, we were helping a friend move. And... It was like in Midtown Manhattan on like a Sunday. So I, I had a van. So that's why they asked me. And Dave was in the band with, uh, was in, Dave's bandmate was in, in MDC, I was friends with. So we're like, I pull up on the sidewalk in Midtown. And Dave is like, oh, the cops, they're going to, they're going to give you a ticket. They're going to tow you. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I have a PBA card. I'm going to put it in the window. And he was like, that's what that does? I have one. And I was like, why do you have a PBA card? You know, the Policeman's Benevolent Association? Oh, uh, I thought like it was a veteran. Like the Policeman's Union card. I thought it was a so veteran like, thing. Like every cop in New York City is given like four of these. And they're like basically get out of jail free cards. Right. Wow. And he was like, oh, I have one. And I'm like, what? Why do you have one? He said, like, my brother's a cop. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then the second thing is, like, he was talking about his wife and his kid. I was like, you're not gay? 
<laughs> and he's like, no, I'm just like the gayest straight man that ever lived. <laughs> so two strange facts about it's just somebody. Like, so, so, I mean, because you know, I only know him from, like, I've seen MDC play, and uh-huh. I've listened to their records. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, they're called millions well, Why would your brother cops. give you... Why wouldn't your brother give you his PBA card? There's no amount of sympathy that, like, if one, <laughs> some, if one of his coworkers finds that out, that's embarrassing or worse, right? Yeah. Well, there was also, weren't there, like, was it clearly millions of dead cops? I guess it was. It's not like KMFDM where nobody really says. It was definitely, I mean, there's were. more dead cops merchandise than any other yeah. MBC yeah. merchandise. Um, what about, and then the gay thing. Honestly, I'd heard that too. You know, well, no, so, it says it. Like, don't call me a queen. I'm just another human being. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. No, because I, I remember we had this conversation that, you know, there would always be these, like, thugs and skinheads mm-hmm. showing up at shows, and Dave would physically fight them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he didn't give a shit. And he's like, yeah, I'll fucking fight you. And I was like, that's cool for a gay guy. <laughs> so it's 1981. But he was just, course. you know, he's just like, he's a guy from Long Island. I was like, oh, yeah. that totally makes sense now. <laughs> Why would, what is the Bronx? He moved to all those other Island. places. Yeah. It's like Strong Island. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take well, it. no, there was another like peace punk guy that, that hung around us. And then I found out through the grapevine when he was in high school, he was like the tough guy bully that this other guy went to high school with him. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's fine. It's I like, think you know, people grow up. That's often the case with a lot of these sort of celebrity types. I think, especially in that like YouTube kind of sphere, where someone's like, "What's up, guys? I gotta tell you, I'm dealing with a lot of depression right now over the loss of my fiscal stocks last week, or whatever they're saying." And then you find out that they cyberbullied like three people. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, Bug Out Society has a song called Don't Piss on My Barbecue. Right. And the the lyrics are literally like explaining an event that happened where the band was like set up a barbecue. They were giving out free food to like whoever <laughs> went to the show. And Nausea was playing the later show. So they were sure. like the singer from Nausea like was completely drunk and then like threatened to pee on the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a there's a like a Rastafarian guy there. His name was Link, and he he helped push you know, get get him away from the barbecue. And he <laughs> said, "Yo, man, my brother was killed by a pig." <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's also in the song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I one of the first Tinkord Kama songs he wrote was called "Breaking House." And it was about a like house, like a rent end of lease party kind of thing that happened. Oh, I went to that party in in Toronto. No, I went to one in Brooklyn. It was terrifying. People were like breaking the house. Yeah, we were like sledgehammers and stuff. It was they like threw the bathtub down the stairs. No, this was not New York style. Scary. It was scary. The scariest thing I've ever. And I couldn't get out. Oh my god. Uh, I, I was like, I had to wait for them to knock the wall down. And it was like, I was like, I didn't know what kind of like load bearing, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not a demolition party that I wrote. That's what I went to, a demolition <laughs> yeah. party. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> who invited me to this thing, but I was not happy. Um, and I like you, shit like that, but I don't want a house falling on me. 
And if you were you're on, drunk, and if you were on your own podcast, you wouldn't be telling this story. You'd be telling no. the job. Unless it has something to do with, you know, making a buck. Are you so going to talk to me? If you work for me, a demolition company, are you gonna that's talk to, fine. Are you going to talk to me about your, having my, my, what my job's are? What is your job? Right now? Right now. How are, uh, you, how are you paying for this island? Uh, sort of gambly government money mixed with a uh, residual check for an ad that we aired most likely because of COVID. Because cool. it was for like a barbecue. And uh, <clears throat> they were started like, like an actual barbecue. Yeah. And I, I'm eating a hot dog in it. It's a it's like a medium shot, so you can't really see who I am. I've eaten hot dogs in more than one commercial I've been in. But I mean but you're a are you a a, a player in the commercial or you're an extra? I'm a player. I mean, it's a, okay. it's, it's a so you, like you, you know that whole thing where like the extras you can't talk to the. No, I mean there talk, were no only talk to the extras. We were basically all extras because it was four people. Nobody had a line. One person was. Oh, no, yeah, no, but still, you're not an extra. It's not like no, they, they hired a, a crowd. It Was a union thing, and still, you know, I think the, the the extras. No, the extras have to be in the union too. That's when you're getting that good that good extra money. If you're an extra oh. getting the union money, then you're doing great. They don't, I think they get a little better food. They don't have the yes. peanut butter sandwiches that we've heard so much about. <laughs> so it was, but wait, hold on though. But like when you do get a job, mm-hmm. you're at that, you, you always are at that medium extra level, not that extra low extra level. You don't care. Uh, it would always be in some sort of uh, non extra thing only because I haven't been smart enough to tell my agent that I can also go out for extra stuff, but then she wouldn't send me out for other things. No, I think, I think there's a, there's like a faux pas there, right? Like there's like, once you, once you, once you go under the the extra rope, then you never get back up. Right. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm very underground. I'm so underground. It's beyond underground. You know, what's, what's your selling point? Like what is is the character? What is the character you're fitting into? Uh, well, I'm aging. Like, why do they pick I'm you? Old, uh, I'm older now. Jewish has been a thing. Hot dog eating has been a thing. Kind of maybe slightly exaggerated movements. That type of thing. You know, this is my life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sometimes it gets me uh, parts. But now I'm trying to get into uh, voice and uh, because I just assumed COVID was going to drag on for a long time and ruin industries, even though they would try to pretend that they can be rebuilt, even though it's very bad. Is it? Do you think it's harder, even harder, to break into that though at this point? I think the problem now is just in any entertainment field, wherever you can flock, everyone, wherever you, whatever yeah, you can do, everyone's going to flock in the door. Because it's not just going to be people who have been doing it for a career. It's going to be new people who may wind up getting work anyway, even though they're newer. And it's all going to be a fucking mess. You know? well, but, but before, you weren't doing live events, though. What, with comedy? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you doing comedy. But like, as far as like getting paid, right? Do you, were you, your, was your comedy stuff ever making you a living right because it sounds like what you're doing here is like whatever 
you know, it's all, it's all just, spot. it's all just a little bit of money. And then it all okay. kind of comes together. The, the best okay. money so as is, long as you're diversifying yeah. your streams, even if, even if, yeah. if there's a little bit at a time, if you have 20 little things, it makes sense to me. That I would idea? say, well, it doesn't, but, it, <laughs> 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 you know, but, but it, it has, and, and it's, I'm having an easy, honestly, I'm having an easier time of it now that there's the government sort of security right. pay, which you're lucky you're in Canada. I am lucky. Very lucky. Although, Very lucky. Although the unemployment there was when I heard about it, I was jealous, you know, and if, and if, because it's like 600 plus uh, unemployment. So people but how, how long can you coast in well, Canada? That, I have, right? A, they're, they're, right now they have only extended it until August, the end of August. Okay. Um, and then I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it going, but also, yeah, because I think the reality is it's just going to hit everybody. Some, maybe. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was saying. It's like this pretending that this is temporary. Yeah. Or, or just like normal in any way. In any way. It's not going to hold up. Yeah, that's so, why I'm. They kind have of to like, change the rules, and they can. They have done it before. They just have yeah. to change the rules again. Yeah, they have to. People, it's a worldwide problem. So, what's the problem? Like in terms of like figuring out how people are, like how countries are at least fucked. Like, can't there be some sort of agreement, Professor Florida? I mean, there there should be. It would be nice if if um, the United States was a little bit more agreeable nowadays. <laughs> yeah, or that's if, what I worry about. I just think it's it's there's just so many conflicting things right now because it's just like all the progressive moves, the shit, it's awesome. But it, to me, from an external perspective, it's very American. So it's like super loud and there's power involved. And, you know, uh, and on some levels, there's just so many people who have like weird agendas. I mean, that's true in Canada, but we don't do it. You know, we're too... Uh, well, I think I think I have the solution to the American government problem. Um, yeah. We just make all of our territories states. Okay, so you make Puerto Rico a state. Puerto right. Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, uh, Marianas. I don't know if that's that might be off the table, but uh, what's that? I don't see. even know. Is that Marianas Trench? Does this have to do with that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think it's related to Guam. I think Guam and Marianas can go together. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, and uh, uh, American Samoa, I believe. Okay, so so you so, make them all states. They yeah. all have. They all get equal representation in the Senate. They all each get probably one representative, mm -hmm. and none of those people are white. Right. Yeah, that's a great idea. That is so, a great idea. I mean, I mean, the, the problem is, is we've been exploiting these places. <laughs> So yeah. it doesn't help our economy. It helps their wow. economy immensely, though, because so, all of a sudden they get minimum wage and things like that. I didn't um, realize that uh, I, I hadn't looked at it that way. But what's funny about that is that every once in a while you're, you'll hear this, uh, you know, these sort of Trump gossip digests that a page will be in. You know, he wanted to sell Guam. He wanted to sell this. So he wants to just, oh, these places are less important to him partly because they're just not his, like a, they're not a, white. White, a white base. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And, and I think that even it's, it's not just the right wing. It, it would, it would, um, 
it would dilute everything right. to some extent. Which is desperately um, needed. But that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like there's never, I don't think there's ever been a white representative from Hawaii. Right. Tulsi is, right. Uh, you know, like is uh, she Obama, a native Obama would not have happened <laughs> if <laughs> Hawaii was made a state 10 years later or whatever. So, so you can't run for president if you're part of the territory? Well, it almost came up with McCain. Uh-huh. So McCain was born on, I think, that in the Panama zone. Okay. Which is like, you know, 10 miles strip. And there was a a law passed in like 37 where they retroactively made all the residents of the Panama zone American citizens. But the Constitution says American born. So he was born 36. So the year he was born, he was not a citizen. So it didn't it didn't matter because he didn't win the election, <laughs> but and then he died. There you go. Guess how many um, fingers you're army army up? bases? I guess so many military bases the United States has all over the world. Twenty five thousand. No, nah, it's not that bad. Eight hundred something. That's a ton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and like every one of them is like a literally a island made of shit. What do you mean? They're, like, they ever see um, Doctor No? Uh, like he lives uh, in that island. Okay. And so, it's made of so, shit. So basically, so this is the problem. So a couple hundred years ago, they were like, "We're never going to be able to feed all these people. We're never going to be able to grow because of the agriculture problem. Mm-hmm. We can't grow enough crops to feed more people. So the they the only way to do it was to find fertilizer." The only fertilizer, they did not have chemical fertilizer yet. So the only fertilizer that was available was guano. So they they passed the law that said any American ship that finds an island made out of shit can claim it. And then they would, they was literally, and then they would, this is terrible. They would trick people into working on these islands and digging up the shit and tell them like, go to this luxury island and there's cold oh. drinks and you know and then they were like it was like a coal miner on an island <laughs> but it was shit it's i um, used to think that la was the place that like was a constructed american history that everybody could see you know where you'd be like oh we just made it up and this is la you know but I'm this starting, is much worse than that <laughs> i'm starting to realize that's just been america's thing the whole time yeah everyone likes to shit on la i mean it's sprawl or whatever but oh, i loved it i loved it yeah but yeah. but uh it's great it's, it's one of them compared to some of this other stuff so so basically yeah. then they figured out chemical fertilizer they didn't need the crap anymore but they all made really good airstrips <laughs> And so, so that's it. So the now we have, they're all built on these islands. They're scattered everywhere. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter how big our military is. Just being able to like stop on dry land and refuel, we have an advantage. Right. You know, so it's, it's, I read this book. It's called uh, how to hide, how to hide an empire. I just happened to be reading it like during this, white supremacist thing that's you know in I, the think, news. I, I think i might have heard of this book because i it's I pretty pride, good i pride myself on watching democracy now every day 
I buy myself. Yeah, no, I, I was a big fan of the book. I had, I had the book like for a year. I didn't read it. And uh-huh. I was like, I'm going through my, you know, I read a lot of nonfiction, but mm-hmm. uh, that I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, and it's like, they've been, all these places have been in limbo. Very few of them have even been asked if they were eligible. So this year, Puerto Rico is getting the, a question and it's only a yes or no question for the first time. So what's the question? Do you want to be a state? <laughs> Every other time they've asked it, it was like a series of questions that made it like it like cook the cook the data so that yeah. it seemed like people didn't want it. But mm-hmm. you know, do you, I mean, like, yes, it'd be like, okay. do, do you like your family? That's the first. No, question. I mean, they, they don't pay federal income tax. I think. Yeah. Or something like that, or their businesses. So there's there's like a little bit of tax shelter there. Mm-hmm. But the economic benefit would probably be like huge, and after COVID, probably help even more. So, I don't. Yeah. I, I would. I expect that they're going to vote for it. When do you think after COVID is? I don't know. I, I I'm thinking it's going to be maybe not. I think people are just going to live with it. Yeah, I mean that's. I think uh, I think that's what it's going to be. I mean, I think it might die down by itself, a, you know, a little bit, or at least mm-hmm. like keep it under control. But yeah. I mean, it's it, the uh, what's the record's ten years of, for coming up with a vaccine. Yeah, and that's uh, the record. That's ten years. Ten years, the mumps. Because why is every article I'm reading in the newspaper? Because they or think science. They like, think science. New vaccine tested, and so but, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'll tell you. I was just thinking this today. Oh, actually, I can't say this because it's gonna sound anti-vax. But you know what I mean. It's like you really want to be in that first round of vax. The the line for the vaccine. First line. Yeah. You do. No, I'm saying I agree. Yeah. I don't. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, I I get sick. I got sick from the one flu shot I ever got. Did you get a COVID test? No, um, I think I might have had it though. Yeah, I've had friends who said that to me. Uh, I definitely symptoms? had friends who did have it. Yeah, like, uh, Char- Charlie, MC Charlie was in the hospital. He had oh, double, double pneumonia. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's a funny guy because he's like very uh, libertarian. Right. So he, they gave him the Trump treatment. So he was immediately writing for the right wing newspapers <laughs> about how it saved his life. <laughs> So, gotta love him. Wow. Controversial. <laughs> Charlie, I mean, Charlie is the smartest person I know. So he does have a photographic memory. And why but, does so, he have? Uh, what's his libertarian then? I don't know. He, I think he just thinks it's funny. <laughs> what has ever come back? Why, why does somebody... he? Why does he? Why does he run a telecommunication telecommunications company and not have a smartphone? Um, I don't know. Quirks. Can't explain that. Yeah, so that's fine. It's 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 uh in individually he's individually unique and beautiful. Well, that's <laughs> beautiful. And now, when the podcast is to be? I think next month we should be we should have a trailer next week and a sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done five official interviews. We have like. Five more lined up, I think. So that that'll be like season one. Are you part of a uh, podcast network? No, we're gonna do like a Patreon. Ooh. So it will be like tip jar for more, like a, you know that kind of thing. 
Yeah. So if nobody does, if nobody puts anything in the chip dart, that's fine. We'll see how it goes. But it'll be something like you know, you get a T-shirt if you pay this price, you get this or whatever. But you know, everyone can listen to it. And it's a good thing to do, right? It's fun. To while <laughs> away the hours. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes, it's it, no, it's great. It's it's really helping me. I've uh, I've had a lot of challenges during the pandemic, other than living in the Bronx, which is like one of the worst places. <laughs> uh, so this is keeping me chipper. So, is everything okay with the challenges, or should we talk about it after? Or are we? It's okay. So far, so good. Just okay. you know, it's just like uh, you know. Every, it's it's like we were saying before. It's like it's like the world, right? Like all these different things are happening at the same time. It's crazy. Right? So it's mean, happening in my life too. Yeah, like I was talking about that with my girlfriend yesterday. It's just like you know, because this uh, political commentator, right, like Michael Brooks, who died last week, and he was like thirty six, and uh, she was just like, "How come this is still able to happen while all the other stress is still happening?" And then people have to. Have like, Funerals and stuff, and it's yeah, just, yeah. It's really, it's really surreal, and it's, it's, it's a really weird time. How close we are to a sort of 1987 satire of the future, you know, like including that we have a Google Home that I'm being like, play Aretha Franklin, and then it'll be like playing Agatha Christie, Murder on the Orient Express. No, Aretha Franklin, you know. <laughs> Like your artist uh, RoboCop last night. Yeah, we're living in RoboCop. <laughs> it's great. That's my joke. But, I'd I'd buy that for a dollar if I I'd had buy, if I had a dollar. <laughs> I'd buy that if I had a dollar. That's next few years. Well, uh, we watched a comment uh, a documentary called "You Don't Know Me." What is that? It's it's about showgirls. Like the movie Showgirls. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would watch that. You should watch that. Uh, and then uh, my wife was interested in seeing the other Verhoeven movies because <laughs> I they really like they put a clear path of like how the direction of showgirls is just as genius as everything else. And it's not any it's, it doesn't go off the course at all. He's an interesting one. He's like, yeah, because I can't handle Tony Scott, for instance. Uh, I think there's too much smoke in his movies like we recently watched true romance and just there's always some reason for something to have smoke or there's chalk or there's dirt coming from the car driving you know and uh and paul verhoeven i always thought kind of like that but he really is he has some special moves for sure yeah no they, they, there was like a montage of all the people puking in his movies <laughs> yes <laughs> does it go as far back as spetas yeah, it goes back. It goes. It goes all through the Dutch ones too. I, re I really want to watch that movie. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've like not seen there. any of the Dutch movies. I said the only Dutch movie I saw was the the one he made like last year. Uh oh, that that uh, was L or whatever. That well, was well, disturbing. He had Rut Rucker Hauer in so many of his movies. Yeah, at least Spetters, right? And, and yeah. uh, Rucker Hauer to me was always my mind got blown because like I always thought he was just like Dolph Lundgren. Like well, there, there was like a, a big 70s American crossover that weren't Westerns. Right, all the way into right. the there early was like 90s. A whole bunch of, yeah, like there was, a, there was, yeah, like the Van Damme and all that. Yeah. And they were always trying to like push somebody or um, remember when, um, uh, what's his name? The, they, they did like the, 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 now the Pig Panther sequel without 
without like Edward Peter Sellers because they had um oh, Fellini in it or uh, oh Federico Fellini was in the Pink Panther movie he was yes he was the Clouseau yeah or or he was like the Clouseau character okay in the branded Pink Panther movie like <laughs> and it was like twenty years before he really broke out internationally wow they were just trying to push him back then. There's a movie uh, called uh, Super Fuzz. You ever see that? Super it's Fuzz. an Italian movie. Uh-huh. And they were trying to push this Italian comic actor. I can't remember his name. And Ernest Borgnine's in it. Oh. Is it recent? It kind of is <laughs> Oh, it's recent. like from like 79 or something. <laughs> oh, well, that's, you know, I was talking about this. There's uh, at this island thing I'm on. One of the other people here is an actor. I sort of got the book. I checked in at the same time. And... She was, as she was talking, I realized, oh, like maybe co-productions and this whole return to, we watched Red Sun with Toshiro yep. Yep. and, and uh, Alan Delon and, and, and Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson, yeah. And yeah. That, I, I own that on VHS. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That was on um, Criterion Channel, you know, and, and we, uh, we watched it and it's like, that type of co-production, I mean, it's probably happening more than ever, but we're not even noticing as much. But, but like, I kind of want to go back to, I want to, I want to be acting in like those types of movies. I think that would be well, really, I, really cool. I just, I just read a article yesterday that said like seventies rehab, like re, like re, um, like Criterion Collection things are going to save the entertainment industry before they were by the you know in between them being able to make new content well we've got the criterion you channel with streaming and it's like yeah i can watch whatever and it's the best and it's it really is showing yep. like it's I'm, in our, our first season of killed by dusk is uh one of the producers of criterion collection yeah they're doing a great job <laughs> i i i really was impressed by apparently there's something called what is it the noir kind of western noir like noir westerns that's a new section they've got in there oh, and cool. the du- Double features was really cool because it sounds old timey, but it's like two movies that uh, don't like necessarily have to do with each other. They're paired like thematically, but under the, for some reason, like we watched, there was one that was this movie you probably know, Smithereens, Richard Hell, mm-hmm. and uh, and they paired that with um, a Fellini movie, um, Knights of Kiberia, and that's got a sort of annoying, like you know grifter lady who's in the center of it as well so uh, it's like that i don't know i i'm just i think criterion will save the day because that and the below deck reality series and you know (laughs) curb your enthusiasm was good for the first like little quarter of the pandemic you know so far that's right that was a great season it was and the last one was terrible Exactly. The one before that, so I, I had yeah. almost given up on it. No, I, I had <laughs> given up on it, and if it hadn't, <laughs> if it hadn't come out at this exact time, I pro- I, I'm sure I would have watched it because it was so good. You know, I would have known that it was a good season. But that season, I was just like, okay, I guess it's over. Or something. Like he's talking about fat was, and then what about when you're talking to somebody and you say, oh, like that last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm it was uh, could not deal with it. And then they're like, really? I didn't notice. I just watched it. I thought it was pretty yeah. It's like, are they faking? Some people don't watch television and think about it. So That's true. Not gotta like, love them. But we're cursed. 
I mean, I was a I was a video editor. I yeah. I, I probably watch. I, I probably I am cursed because I I will notice things that won't aren't important all the time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, I go backwards when Amy Goodman on Dem Democracy Now. Every time she has a verbal flop, I just I literally like rewind, like it's gunshots, you know, and then presidential. <laughs> She'll say presidential or Denzel, like a guy named Denzel Bashar, and I say Washington, <laughs> and then brush back to cover it. She's doing good. All right, how are we going to wrap She's this doing, up, Nick? This is over. That's how we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> I, the light, it's already gotten dark here. I didn't bother turning the lights Same on. Same here. I didn't know we'd talk for an hour and 40 minutes. This is your longest <laughs> interview. This is my shortest interview. Oh, my God. Really? No. No. <laughs> this one's one of the longer interviews. Cause we who, also, what's, what's a good one? What's a good one I should go and find? Um, the Scott Thompson ones are cool. I'm not sure how good the sound is because it was earlier. But, yeah, I did it. That's cool. Two part with Scott Thompson. Um, Dean has done two episodes now. Oh, awesome! And, yeah, Dean Ristler and and uh, Zoe Dodd, who's like, like, do you know Zoe? She was in the band of Bayonets years ago, and I, is, I know of. Yeah, yes, she's like a, so. I had, it's a Canadian so, thing. Well, she was their Canadian band that like I yeah, yeah, yeah. to her Mark Pesci, you know, those people in it, and she. But anyway, she's also a oh yeah, yeah 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 no we played know, with them. Play with yeah, them. so like, she's a very she had a band called Concrete Tank. She's a total force, and she she's also a harm reduction activist. So that's a good one. I feel oh, cool. happy with like a lot of the people I've interviewed. Like I've interviewed Michael DeForge. That's probably a good one. He's a graphic uh, comic mm -hmm. guy. You know, so so I try to. So it's just like whoever you're interested in talking to. Well, it's kind of like you, where it's like I think that people have, you know some there are just people in my circle that are interesting and also oh, yeah and sure. also do stuff you know even if you're a super fan like you said who's has an encyclopedic knowledge it's like you're the same to me as a musician or whatever if, you know if you have yeah information to offer that is like super interesting yeah no i think that's one good great thing about this whole like music scene is like it's such a interesting cast of characters yeah. you you never know when you're going to be locked in a van with them for 10 hours <laughs> and yeah. they're either you know they're either going to inspire you or annoy the shit out of you and if they maybe have both a, yeah if they have a day job too it's like prob they've got a whole other thing to talk about in the van so it's probably better well you know? I, I i mean i don't know how often that comes up in the van <laughs> I'm just trying to crowbar your I don't think it does. I think that's a, I like I, I think one of our descriptions is like we're asking we're we're asking all the questions nobody wants to hear the answer to. <laughs> and I'm asking I'm asking the half questions nobody knows how to answer. And that's where they you meet in the middle. Okay, well, I guess the podcast is over so I'll stop recording to just so this is great. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just so nice seeing fun. you, Nick. Really, it's, exactly. It's so nice seeing you too and catching up. You know, like yeah, I, I've been catching up with a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, for this because I got nothing else. I know where to go. Same. So, I mean, so I, I, I've great. gone to this island, and it's like because I was staying here. I'm just going to stop recording. Thanks. Every Bill. time you say that, I think of that 90 year old woman. <laughs> it's so gross. So. 
That was my talk with Bill Florio of the Shemps Smashing Through Blah 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 podcast, all that good stuff, Killed by Desk podcast coming very soon. Sounds like there'll be lots of fun guests. And Bill is a hilarious and wild guy. Straight edge for life. Um, I'm super into talking to him. I would have him on again. I love having repeat guests. I hope you enjoy it when I have repeat guests. If there's anything that you would like to reach out about, um, guests you want to recommend, topics you want covered, thoughts on the podcast, promo codes for things, just write W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. And I would be glad to respond. And remember, subscribe, rate, review, and donate if you can. Find us online, Nick Flanagan Weekly on Instagram, Nick Flan Weekly on Twitter. I hope you're doing great. I'm going to record a solo episode in a second and uh, live on the island in your mind. Oh, man. Nick. Flanagan Weekly Nick Flanagan Weekly